Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Spokane Valley in the house today, this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane. Now, reading the last chapter of a mystery novel first may sound like a bad idea to those who love the suspense of a good story. But some people enjoy reading a book more than they know how it ends. In Reading Backwards, author Richard Hayes shows how important the practice is for our understanding of the Bible. By illustrating how the unfolding words and events of Scripture anticipate, echo, and throw light on one another, Professor Hayes gives us reason to read our Bibles forward and backward. Hayes reminds us that it was only after Jesus' resurrection that his disciples understood his claim to rebuild a destroyed temple in three days. The Apostle John tells us the temple he had spoken of was his body. Only then could they understand a meaning of their Passover celebration never before understood. Only in retrospect could they reflect on how Jesus gave fullness of meaning to an ancient king's deep feelings for the house of God. Only by reading their scriptures in light of the true temple of God, Jesus himself could the disciples grasp how the ritual of Israel's religion and Messiah would throw light on one another. And now only by reading these same scriptures backward and forward can we see in Jesus's everything that any of us has ever needed or longed for. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Thank you for letting us live long enough to see your ability to show up and reveal the wonder of your presence in ways we could not have foreseen. In your son's Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, definitely the wonder of his presence. You know, there's times where you want to meet different people. And of course, there's been studies done of, you know, if you had a chance to meet and sit and talk to someone who has died in the past and sit on a bench and talk with them, a lot of people, you know, will talk about having that conversation with Jesus or if that was an opportunity, maybe a, a loved one that it would pass. And none of them would have chosen Jay Inslee, but he did come to Spokane and he found a place that he was welcomed. And that would have been the voting district of Camp Dope that is probably a plurality of votes for Jay Inslee in that location, the only place in Eastern Washington. So it is nice to know that even Jay Inslee can find a place where he's welcomed and popular. (laughs) No doubt about it. It's our understanding also, ladies and gentlemen, that Senator Maria Cantwell is coming to Spokane here in the next couple of days to basically revel in the same audience, well, if you will. And I think it's pretty uh, you know, advantageous for them to, to meet high propensity Democrat voter in Camp Dope since they did have their left-leaning organizations there you know, registering people, people to, to vote. vote. Yeah. And, Legal uh, women's voters, you bet. And that'll continue. And so you know, they visited just there. They didn't visit the Spokane Valley because they don't see voters out there. <laughs> so they see their voters in Camp Dope, so that's where they're visiting. And I also think it's interesting that they decided to wait until Sunday and then this next week to meet when the temperatures are warm they didn't want to meet with popsicle homeless people right because uh <laughs> day before yesterday or actually saturday the day before they came it was like 10 degrees so right you bet you know they were thought out by then oh you bet well ladies and gentlemen we've got a little bit of an update show and i'm hoping that it is all going to roll out as a bit of a treat for you folks considering in the next couple of days we're all going to be getting together with our families and our loved ones and we're going to be celebrating that day where we are going to profess what we are grateful 
for known as Thanksgiving. And, you know, I definitely wish, hope, and pray all of the best things that you could possibly think of are going to be blessing you and yours during this upcoming holiday for sure. But like I said, we got a little bit of an update here, folks. We have got a principal that happens to be sitting on the city council of the capital of free Washington. Still, we're talking about the city of Spokane Valley. We've got council member Arn Woodard here in the studio with Tim and I today. As we always strongly encourage you, you got to either log on or pick up the phone and make a call. You can do so by going to www.spokanevalley.org. Again, that'll be spokanevalley.org. And if you can't do the good old internet thing, or you'd just like to go ahead and reach out and say hello to your elected council member, you need to pick up the phone, dial up Arnie here locally at 509-939-1175. Again, that'll be 1178. Thank you very much, Arnie. I appreciate that correction. I hate to have 300 calls go to somebody with a five on the end of it. (laughs) Well, thank you for, and there you go, folks. That is your councilman in action, making a correction right on the spot to make sure that we don't further confuse anybody out there that he might be representing. Again, that number is 509-939-1178. And with that said, welcome to the Right Spokane Perspective, Arnie. How you doing? Hey, Mike and Tim. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing great. Well, that uh, is good. It's good to be in a free part of, of Washington <laughs> called Spokane Valley. And maybe someday it will be the capital. Who yeah. knows? Right now, I'm just trying to help make sure that we stay the unique community that we've always been and that we don't lose it by becoming a Spokane or Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, uh, San Francisco, uh, all those funny towns down there with the sands in front of them, or Chicago or anywhere else. We since we we start out with the homeless here just a quick update on the homeless now jay Inslee didn't meet the city of spokane valley did he come out there i wasn't invited that doesn't mean he didn't meet with some of the other minority members he has appointed uh, several of them to various boards and stuff statewide and you know he never appoints a republican or a conservative to those boards so even though i'm shocked by that well it shocks me too because i thought we kind of had a situation that we're all supposed to be treated equally but that's that's okay what it will probably do is help us to actually identify at least the two millennials as being what they really are we already know who tim hattenberg is and tim's a pretty good old boy he's my age which is ancient but (laughs) but but in any case you know they've been appointed to a variety of state boards transportation and health and uh, equitable equity boards and all these other kinds of things that uh, quite frankly i wouldn't want to be appointed to quite well the transportation ones maybe but not not the others but on the homeless front spokane valley is working but diligently towards having a homeless plan that will be announced i don't think it's going to make it by the end of the year i thought thought you guys already had a homeless plan you guys invited all of this industry you guys have the what the largest industrial park between seattle and minneapolis the best homeless program is is a a job Right. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I was going to come to that, Tim. Thank you for correcting me. But actually, so to meet the state requirements right. and play the game, if you will, we actually are putting together a homeless plan for the 137 homeless that we know of that are Spokane Valley homeless. And well, that was the last number we had, and we continue to to find homes and get them into various types of housing and whatnot. So it could be down to 110 or something. But we are trying our best to do it diligently, 
but not like anybody else. If you want the true definition of failure, just keep doing what everybody else is doing, and you're going to get exactly the same results. Oh, well, you you're a pretty close neighbor to, uh, and actually just across the street in some locations, the Spokane Valley from the city of Spokane. Yes. And uh, the city of Spokane's model isn't taking care of the homeless people in the city of Spokane. We're taking care of the homeless people from detroit the nation wherever else they just they come here because we have you know we free, free drugs free free needles <laughs> free this free that and so the the valley just a close neighbor in our count we had thousands of homeless individuals in the city of spokane we're about well just over double of the population of the city of spokane valley and you guys only have 137 maybe we should be following your homeless plan well, the 137, let me make at least a little correction on that, Tim. That's the adults. Those are the ones that are out unhoused behind Kmart. What, not Kmart? They've been gone a while. Right. But behind uh, Walmart, Lowe's, Walmarts, all those buildings and along the freeway and down on the river. We have 127 to 137, depending on which week you counted and where they moved and whether or not you can remember they moved. Sure. But that does not count the homeless school kids. And unfortunately, Mead has overtaken CV, which we still have about 800 homeless kids from beginning of junior high through high school that are still homeless. Sure. West Valley's got two or 300, and East Valley, I think, about the same. So there's- you bet. Now, Arnie, you know, again, just for the edification of the listeners out there, the way that government officials define homeless students <laughs> I was versus homeless adults, please explain, because there is a significant difference Well, and it's here. not homeless children, it's homeless students, because this is a number that's coming out of your education complex, and, yes. and, and it's not necessarily homeless, it's if a parent is a drug addict and they go to prison or they're gone or run off and the child is living with an aunt yep. or a friend of the family or an uncle, they're considered homeless when really it's just an interesting you know lifestyle that their parents chose. And so they're living in other arrangements, not necessarily homeless. No, they're not out necessarily out on the street. This right, is true. Right. They're, they're couch hopping. They're not they're with doubling a legal up with yeah. other families yeah, and with so other on. families. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And so those, those are counted differently according to the Washington state and federal requirements and whatnot. So that, that is a very good point to make, but that doesn't take the pain out of my heart that we have kids Absolutely. that don't know where they're, they're going to be or who's going to take care of them and so on. Well, I think uh, a lot of them do. And you know what? Their parents need to get a real good spanking. <laughs> I'm well, telling you. Well, I think, well. you know, these, are, these are children that are not with their legal guardian. Correct. And, Correct. you know, a lot of them, you know, we, we've seen this phenomenon in the, you know, since we've decided to destroy our culture and the american family and i think the nuclear family has been destroyed by you know drug addiction the stuff at the southern border obviously the fentanyl the heroin all those things taxes uh, taxes yeah well and, <laughs> and i think that grandparents raising their children is not necessarily a bad thing looking at our culture today i mean it's it, that's not what they should have to do they already raised a group of kids and exactly the, you know but yeah. but I don't i'll tell you something can, tim i, don't I mean think, think about it though. homeless i mean if if they lived with their drug addict parents in one of these housing yeah. projects would it be better than living with their grandparents? I think some of the children that are counted homeless, even though they may have had a tough road where they're at, I think maybe where they're at is better than with that legal guardian or biological parent. Sure, sure. Oh, I agree. 
You bet. And, you know, I, I'm not advocating for a whole lot of grandparents to get real active and get in there and grab your grandkids away from your own kids. But, you know, everybody knows. I mean, we've all raised kids. Everybody's sitting in this room. Our kids didn't turn out to be a spitting image of us with regard to <laughs> values and morals and principles. I mean, we did the best that we could. Well, so they went so, to public school, too, some of so them. So, right? anyway, the only point I was trying to make is, I mean, you know, when it boils right down to it, who would you much rather raise the kids? I mean, yeah. the, the grandparents that have got the that have got a, a more acceptable a more recognized a more set values the principles the traditions versus right. <laughs> well, and I, you I know would, what i mean i would just point out a couple real quick things for those parents that are listening for encouragement none of us were were handed a kid with a no. man, with a manual exactly i've got seven of them my wife and i have raised we've got 14 grandkids and one great-grandson the fact of the matter is is that just forgive yourself, ask for God's grace and wisdom, and move forward. It's the best you can do, and if you do it in love, your kids are going to probably be okay in the long run. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Do the best you can. Absolutely. And bear in mind, man, I was not trying to denigrate the current, you know, no, 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 I know or that. our kids' generations or anything like that. Well, but. I think, it, you know, getting back to the serious numbers of what's going on in the city of Spokane Valley, we view that here in the downtown city of Spokane area as a pretty prosperous area, not just the, yeah. the policies of the city government being prosperous, but also the residents. And so to hear that the number is 800, upwards of 800, uh, uh, homeless students i think we need to probably fix the way we count those in the public education yeah. system and we need to probably nail down why we have so many children that aren't living with their biological parents because that's where the solution comes with yes. crime homelessness and a lot of other things but we've got to take a quick break we're going to be right back with arnie woodard city of oh, spokane valley got to be careful with that you can get in a lot of trouble i just used to call it the valley it's not I was just going the to valley. crawl over the table here it's, it's not just the, it's the city of spokane valley their own city uh, inside of washington state but living outside the borders if you will we'll be right back to our spokane area veterans and their families. If you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Spokane Valley in the house, ladies and gentlemen. This Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane well, the, Perspective. The city of Spokane Valley. Remember, we got to, it's, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So the city of Spokane Valley, we see that that city voted for Tiffany Smiley. That city did not vote for Jay Inslee. You kind of see this whole thing where these elections happen and it's only the city of Spokane that votes for the government that we have here in Washington state. Well, everything on this side of the mountains and even the southern part of Washington state does not vote for the local, uh, does not vote for the kind of governance we have here in Washington state. So what are your thoughts on the election and what's going on with the city of Spokane Valley to make sure that you don't suffer the damages of the outcome of the election? Well, we're going to suffer the, the damages of the outcome because we ended up with two council state legislators that were elected that are not support that do not support our majority do not support the policies and the procedures and things that we as Spokane Valley have done or are doing and so in essence we're going to be represented by a state senator Mike Padden and the other two quite frankly I think now I'm going to give one of them 
the female one. Uh, I'm not naming them for a reason. You can look them up. At least a little bit of a break. She's always been pretty conservative when it comes to business, particularly in the contractor business, uh, which is where she came from. But it's who supported and who endorsed and who tends to have her ear and the other one as well that really concerns me because it's not pro Spokane Valley. Understood. Yeah. So you're uh, basically what we've just for so the uh, listeners know Spokane Valley is in the fourth legislative district. Yes. The election out there wielded 61% of the vote in district four. You were talking about a race between Rob Chase yes. and Leonard Christian. Leonard Christian pulled out the win by just 50%.1. Yep. So just barely winning out there, Leonard Christian, former realtor, I believe, maybe a current realtor, I'm not sure. And then you had Susan Schmidt and Ted Cummings, Ted Cummings being the far left candidate, only getting 36% of the vote, yep. Susan Schmidt. Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne Schmidt, sorry, thanks for the correction, 63% of the vote. And so they'll be representing District 4. Now, District 4 has seen a lot of growth, and I know that Suzanne Schmidt had a lot to do with the, the building trades. Yes, yes, ABC and... and Association at, of Building Contractors, yeah, yes. Yeah. And has always been a strong supporter of our conservative majority or minority, depending on which years you were talking. Mm-hmm. But it's who campaign managed and treasured. And then uh, some of the moves that she has made here currently to name an L.A. once she gets over to Olympia and stuff, she's going to have a hard sled because it's not an established L.A., it's, it's a, which may be good, except it's a bureaucrat from an agency over there that's never been in L.A. and doesn't know the process procedures of the legislature. And she needs somebody to help her with that seriously this first term. Beyond that, once you get kind of used to it, because there's times that you got to be in three places at the same time, and L.A. is the one that helps you get there. Exactly. And get to all of them. Well, then you also have a situation with these legislators, whether they're from the district that Mike and I are now in, because we're no longer in the third legislative district. They they kicked us out of the third district because they didn't want us to run for office <laughs> and cost the Democrats more money than they wanted to spend in a, in a district they think they own. But they don't own the sixth district, so that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. So you've got fourth district legislators representing you and mm-hmm. your constituents. Mike and I are in the sixth legislative yeah. district. Uh, all Republicans. I have a different opinion of every single one of those representatives, and I know what they're going to represent and who they're going to work with based upon their campaign donations, just like Democrats, right? So, you know, the the reality is, is they're going to be in Washington State with, you know, basically a Seattleite type attitude from the executive branch and the leaders in the Democrat Party that control Washington. So it's going to be an uphill battle no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big and, time. and I think, you know, to go back to your basic question, how is it going to affect us? This election, folks, is going to affect every one of us severely because what's coming out of it is that the democrats and the ultra left liberals and i even hate to use the liberals because they're way beyond liberal but the ultra leftists feel like they have a mandate to do whatever they want to do and move on with green energy thing and all the taxes all the things that they want to do including child care and and long-term care and every outlandish left wing incredibly expensive program that they want to do they only got one place to get that money folks and it's you that's right yeah well it's a campaign for free everything but yeah you're going to get less of your paycheck every time there's something else for free right Uh, before long you're not going to get a paycheck you're going to be told to go to this home that's where you're going to stay you're going to take this job no matter your education and you're going to do this thing and you're going to work these hours no matter what you want to do and you're going to smile all the way who said it mike was it klaus schwab the guy that or maybe it was one of his supporters klaus schwab in the uh, great reset that said they'll own nothing 
and they'll be happy about it. Exactly. Well, our millennials are pretty close there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to our millennials that are very productive. Well, they're priced because, out of owning anything at this point. Well, they, they can be, but the ones that did go get a job, worked hard, bought their first home. We happen to have a couple of those in our family. And then got a, the education they needed to get the job they wanted, whether that be trade school or other, are doing well. And they're going to do well. But so many think that they are owed the job, a paycheck, vacation the day they start, and all the other goodies that you and I probably still don't have. It's called pay your dues, folks. Well, and what's interesting about that, too, I mean, I see, uh, you know, where I work and other employers struggling because we've got, you know, they some of these companies provide, you know, a couple weeks vacation for their employees. They provide bereavement if someone in the family dies, you know, a couple days off here and there. But they also have to do this whole three months off every time your roommate gets sick. Yeah. Or, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I've seen it where basically a guy's ex-girlfriend was having a baby. He got three months off to go party. And and so the employers have got to figure out how to fill those gaps. And it's hard on those employers. But the, this attitude of you wanting free everything, you need, you know, all this leave time that you don't need is making the problem worse. And these are Washington state programs. So the city of Spokane Valley, what kind of policies are you guys looking at to help businesses and industry, you know, go through this mess that Washington state is going to continue to make when it comes to high taxes and regulations? Well, we've continued to hold our taxes down. We've not taken the 1% property tax now for 14 years, uh, 12 of which I've, or 13 years, 12 of which I've been on council or right there next to it. Sure. And we've not increased taxes to the people. That doesn't mean that there isn't some coming. I'm sorry to say that because of either fear of talking about a fee increase or whatever, we've had to just increase our wastewater management fee from $21 a year to $58 a year. Not because we're falling behind, not because we want the money. It's the state continues to change the requirements and the expectations of what you have to have done every year or every five years, whatever it is, to get the next wastewater permit. Exactly. And the ones that are coming up for 24, the regulations already we've added together, and there's like another million dollars worth of fees and, and various other things. And if we don't meet certain timelines and criteria, then the law suits are millions and millions of dollars per incident right and so we've had to raise that to become proactive we're, we haven't raised it since 2006 and as much as i'm on a fixed income like uh, about 28 percent of my populace in the valley yeah it hurts but you know we have nothing without clean water yeah. And so we've got to handle that. I keep Now, trying. what is the update on the discussions that's been going on between the county and the city of Spokane on the county sewage plant and the taxes that Spokane City would like to go ahead and levy? On, on everybody outside of the city of Spokane, exactly. yes. Uh, we're, uh, we've, got, we've been fighting that the last uh, two sessions. We have a, a law ready to go again back to the session again this coming year. However, there seems to be a little bit of movements trying to wiggle in there and i i don't have enough to be able to tell you exactly how but it is an ongoing it, fight it's an ongoing fight and yeah. we're not going to go down without a fight there because you go. it's going to change your your monthly bills in the valley by triple and that's the city of spokane 
basically taxing, Suing the, yeah, taxing the valley, taxing citizens of the city of Spokane Valley. I think there's a way you could remedy that, Arnie. And what the city council out in the city of Spokane Valley needs to do is have an alternative tax where you tax the uh, city of Seattle for certain items to uh, offset those costs. <laughs> um, and you know what? As, as the way they're going, they might just pay them. So they're just liberal yeah, enough right. to not know where it's coming from. Yeah, where did the money go? Why did we send money over there? Yeah. You know, there's so many good things going on in the Valley. Our uh, sales tax revenues continue to come in way above what's projected. We are down 1% of the growth that was projected, which was like from the growth that we had last year, which was like 7 to 9% growth in sales tax. So we're down. We're still growing. Holy cow, don't, this is a global podcast. You know, the president, the the administration could hear this whole thing. If you're talking about gross domestic product (laughs) and increased revenues, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. They're going to want to tax you guys specifically like the city of Spokane because you're doing so well in these blue run cities and, you know, our federal government's run so poorly. I mean, you can't do that. Right. And hey, don't be surprised because San Francisco just started a program for their trannies down there where they're going to be paying them $1,200 universal income a month. Universal yeah. income. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the answer. I, I guess that's, go, the, that's the answer. Well, Universal that's just about income. you know. And if you're if <laughs> you're, you if you're that, not though? a white, if you're not a white trans, uh, you happen to be a colored trans, or you know some other minority trans, then you get to go to the front of the line. Yeah, that's. I, oh, I, it was an illegal alien too. If you're yeah. an illegal was alien. Is that a green alien or <laughs> right? Anyhow. Yeah. I, so that that's some, that's the kind of ridiculous stuff that most municipal governments that are well run they let those stay off in the Ethernet and uh, don't let come to their city. I think the city of Spokane Valley is not looking at taxing people for special interests. No, well, we haven't been, and we, I'm certainly not looking at it. And my policy, personally, is always, and again, this is personally, is I've never said no taxes. I've said taxes are of a last resort is the only time that I'm ever going to vote, which was the case on, on this wastewater, which we're getting to real quick, folks, on our roads and trying to keep them sustained. We're getting to a point, and yes, I am for what it would take, and it would be a tax, most likely a voted tax, to try, uh, which would be dedicated purely to the roads because 60, 64% of our roads are residential, and you can't get grants for them. And we don't have money in the city because we don't tax you highly and we do not have utilities that we can get 28% utility tax off of and so on, which the city of Spokane So, does. so you're looking at possibly doing a measure. Has there been any polling or oh, yes. discussions with the city residents about how to pay for road preservation? Because I know that, you know, we crime, have a commission. crime and road preservation are some of the biggest issues with uh, you know people that live in cities yes and so you're looking at taking it to the voters possibly to see how they would like to fund road preservation well we've already polled them we've already had a commission then polled them both during and after and we got the biggest turnout in a poll that we've ever had and the almost 80 percent if you take highly agree, agree, slightly agree or whatever, but not where they're neutral or negative, is about 80% have said we've got to do something. Yeah, the, roads are crum- the, the roads are crumbling in their residences. We do have one tax that's collected off of the garbage, which the citizen technically does not pay for because it was a delta between new charges and a contract. We were able to put a $1.5 million aside for residential roads per year, and they've been doing some good work with that. But one and a half million dollars is not the six million we need a year you bet and so and we get 
pretty good arterial grants and whatnot, so our arterials are in pretty good shape. But folks, there's an endless amount of issues that are coming up, and some of them are expensive. I really do want your feedback. I want you to come to city council meetings, get involved when we have these discussions with the community, please. Oh, you bet. And nicely said, for sure, Arnie, that is for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at that time where we are out of time. That being said, thank you so very much for your time tonight, Arnie. I'm sure that your constituents and the others that reside there in the capital of free washington also known as spokane valley appreciate that info for sure as well ladies and gentlemen if you'd like to go ahead and log on please feel free to go to www.spokanevalley.org and if you can't do the good old internet thing or you'd like to touch base with your elected council member please pick up that phone and dial up arnie locally you can do so by dialing 509-939- 1178 again 939 1178 and as arnie woodard said if if you are interested in engaging your city government the city hall down there is welcoming to citizens to come in and testify unlike the city of spokane yes we are thank you for having me by the way you bet all of that being said mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow bye-bye